We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lakers Nation, welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The NBA trade deadline is coming and gone and your Lakers did nothing. No, no moves from the Lakers. We're going to break down though what this really means. I think this, it's easy just to look at this and say, oh, that it's, it's nothing. The Lakers didn't do anything and that's, that's it. No, I actually think that this means a lot about the rest of this season. It means a lot about this off season and everything else. So we've got a lot to talk about still. Joining me is Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. And I just want to, you know, highlight what you've been saying for a little while now. No trade is better than a bad trade. So there's something to be positive about. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of Lakers fans. First of all, let's just start here. A lot of Lakers fans are frustrated that the Lakers didn't make a move. And, and mm-hmm. that's understandable, especially given what happened last night against the Blazers. That was bad. Very, very bad. That was a, not a good time. Yeah. And so a lot of people were saying, okay, well, then they've got to do something. You have to fix this. You have to do something. And so fans are frustrated, of course, that the Lakers didn't do anything. You're even seeing national accounts that are commenting about how the Lakers didn't get anything done at the trade deadline. I understand that frustration. Don't get me wrong. I was hoping, hoping that, that the Lakers would find something that would make sense and pull off something as well, but it did not happen. So fan frustration, totally reasonable. Um, I'm seeing a lot of fans that are just upset right now. And I think that's, that's a normal thing. And I know you've been seeing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely just seen the same thing. And I mean, I get it. I think I said it even last night on the post game show, I was like, there's no, I thought, it was no chance for, uh, Rob Palenka in the front office looks at this roster and says, yeah, we're fine with that. We're fine with losing to the Blazers with only Anthony Simon to use of Nurkic. Um, but, I mean, I think towards the end of the deadline, there was rumors about Terrence Ross maybe, and I think I saw, at least somebody told me it was THT in the first. I'm like, no, don't do that. So, again, no trade's better than a bad trade. But I was I was definitely a little surprised that the Lakers did make a move, uh, considering what happened last night. I I didn't see anything reliable on the Terrence Ross thing, but I, but we did have the rumor that broke late last night. Um, 
it was from Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, and then later confirmed a few hours later by Ian Begley about a three-team trade between the Lakers, the Raptors, and the Knicks that would have landed the Lakers' Cam Reddish, as well as Alec Burks in exchange for Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, and probably Kendrick Nunn would have been in there. And then there were some picks that would have been going to the Knicks. We don't know if that was the Lakers' first would have been in or, or whatever. That was something that apparently did have some traction. We also heard Lakers and Knicks had some talks throughout the day that maybe there's something that was going to happen there, but that ultimately the Lakers decided they didn't want to part with any draft picks. And so I think that tells us a little bit about what the mindset is moving forward. See, a lot of people saw the Blazers game and thought, oh, well, clearly they have to get something done. I think the Lakers yeah. may have gone the other way. I think the Lakers may have received that game. I'm talking about the front office. This is me speculating, but they may have seen what happened in the Blazers game and said, there's nothing we can do that's going to fix this. There's nothing that we can do that's going to band-aid over this and make it worthwhile to give up future stuff. Th that, that trade just isn't out there. There's no savior trade coming in to fix this season. And if that is the mindset, like, hey, this just kind of is what it is, there's nothing out here that's really going to make a major impact, and you're thinking more, we need to start preparing for next season, we need to get, get ourselves ready to make some bigger moves in the offseason. If that is the thinking of the Lakers front office, then I could see why they wouldn't want to move any picks right now at the deadline because you'd want to keep that powder dry for the summer. Yeah, that's kind of my point I've been arguing with Lakers fans, it seems like, all day long about is there isn't that I've been asking for the Lakers to trade that 2027 first-round pick because it's so far in advance. There's no trade that, as I said earlier, there's no trade that the Lakers can make that involves giving up the 2027 first-round pick that puts you over the top because your trade package is THT, none, and that first. And, I mean, is that offer for Eric Gordon or uh, Terrence Ross or... Jeremy Grant and the Pistons already don't want that. But any of those offers don't put the Lakers over the top into that top seven, back into that top seven stratosphere with teams like the Heat, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Suns, and now I guess you could say the Nets and Sixers after that big-time trade. But there's no trade out there for the Lakers that involved that pick that could have put them over the top. So I think if you evaluate it like that, I guess the Lakers made the right decision there. Yeah, and it's... It's not fun to say, right? You want to say, oh, my team made a big move and this is great at the deadline. The front office got it done. Yeah. But again, you can also dig yourself a deeper hole if you make the wrong move at the trade deadline. So I think that this is where as not, it's not fun, it's not exciting, and it creates a lot of knee-jerk reactions of they blew it. The front office blew it. What is wrong with them? What are they doing? They're asleep at the wheel. Why would they not make a move? I'm thinking that there probably just wasn't a move out there that made sense to make, um, especially given what we think the offseason goals are going to be. Now, that is going to be important for the Lakers moving forward, though. There were a lot of people that were looking and hoping that there would be a Russell Westbrook trade. From what we heard, everything we heard, it never got close to a deal being done. Um, I still thought, heading into this, that at some point, the Houston Rockets, getting close to the deadline, the Houston Rockets were going to come back and they are going to, going to come off of that demand for a first-round pick for John Wall. That Mark Stein reported super late last night um, that the Rockets still wanted a the 2027 first and 
Russell Westbrook for John Wall. That was going to be the trade. If you want to move Russ, if you want John Wall, we need your first round pick in 2027. The Lakers said, no way, we're not doing that. And I don't, I don't blame them at all. I'm, I wouldn't give that pick up either for jo- just for swapping Russ and Wall. I thought that at some point, maybe Houston would come off of that since the salaries are the same and they would rationalize, well, it doesn't change anything for us. We're paying John Wall X amount of dollars to stay home. We'd also be paying Russ X amount of dollars to stay home. Nothing changes. Why not take a second round pick and get something for literally changing pretty much nothing in terms of how the, the payments work? Um, apparently that didn't happen. That didn't happen. The Rockets were set. We won a first. They hoped the Lakers would cave. And that, of course, didn't happen, nor should it have happened. Uh, That, I think, was the only shot to move Russell Westbrook. I think part of the reason why the Lakers didn't want to move picks right now at the trade deadline was because they want to package those with Russ this summer in order to make a move when he's an expiring $47 million contract. So the plan, I believe, for the Lakers is to take the assets that you didn't use right now at the trade deadline and use them this summer in combination with an expiring contract from Russell Westbrook and then try to make a move from there. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the Lakers are, you know, giving up on the season. Mm-hmm. I think whenever you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you're still going to try to win. But I, I'm really confident in the saying that the Lakers are, um, they're, they're really going to put their chips forward for next season. LeBron James' last season under contract, uh, they're going to put their chips forward. So now in the offseason, you'll have this year's pick, not this year's pick, the 2027 first-round pick, and you'll have that uh, 2029 first-round pick, which has been tossed around a little bit, and you could combine those picks with the Russell Westbrook. And then you'll still have THT's contract on the books, Kendrick Nunn's contract on the books. So you have some tradable salaries as well in the offseason. And I think I'm starting to like the play in the Lakers are having, and uh, it depends on, obviously, who they get in return for Russell Westbrook in those two first-round picks, and yeah. Here's the other thing, too, and this is what made this so difficult for the Lakers is right now at the trade deadline, you've got a lot of teams, pretty much every team, 29 teams in the league. If the Lakers are making a move right now, those teams are going to try to fleece the Lakers. They're going to do everything they can to get the Lakers to do something stupid. I'm talking about this for a while. It's because the Lakers are seen as a team that's desperate. So teams like the Rockets are going to say, oh, swap wall for us. Sure. We want a first. Eric Gordon. Yeah, we want a first, right? Terrence Ross, oh, sure, we'll give him to you for THT and a first. And I don't know if that's what was out there. But but I'm just saying teams are going to be looking to take advantage of the Lakers. They're not going to be looking to give the Lakers a deal. The Lakers are not dealing from a position of strength because teams felt like the Lakers had to do something to fix it, to save this season. Lakers are going to be desperate. Give us your picks. Overpay. That's what teams are going to be looking to force the Lakers to do. And it's... It's frustrating in the moment to see the Lakers not do something, but if all you've got is teams trying to lowball you on the assets that you've got, you're better off not doing that. And I think that's the situation the Lakers were in. They had teams that whenever they talked trade with them, just wanted to try to fleece the Lakers. Um, I will say also that a complicating factor is Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn. If you're the Lakers, you're looking at these two players most likely this is the lowest their value could possibly be, right? This is it. This is probably, we never know for sure, but probably this is rock bottom for those two assets. Taylor Horton Tucker, he'll be 22 next year. You tend to get better when you're in your early 20s year to year. Uh, There were some teams in the NBA that viewed him as a negative asset on his contract. That may not be the case next year. Next year, assuming that he picks up that player option for 5.2 million, which he 
we probably will. If Kendrick Nunn probably gets yeah. back into form to who we know he can be and who the Lakers were so excited to get, then he's probably a decent bargain on that $5.2 million contract. So next season, and even if it's just during the off during the off season here, maybe none comes back and plays well. Maybe THT can play well to finish out the season. Maybe even in the summer, those assets could have more value. So you would be not just having teams trying to take advantage of you, but you're also most likely selling at the worst possible point for those assets. Of course, the, the yes. flip side is, well, then you're kind of wasting LeBron, right? You're wasting another year of LeBron's, whatever, the, the, his twilight years, whatever he's got left by not making a move right now. And that is, of course, part of the urgency for the Lakers. But they had to weigh that with everything else that I was just talking about in terms of teams trying to take advantage of their desperation and the low relative value of THT and Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, we were, we were kind of hopeful that the Lakers would see a spike in THT's value after last night's positive performance, but obviously uh, that one game wasn't enough to uh, get some teams uh, interested in maybe lowering their asking price. But n- next year, THT's making a little bit over $10 million. Um, and then obviously you still have LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis, because Russ is picking up that player option. I'd be stunned if he didn't pick up that option. And... and um, yeah, I mean, hopefully the front office can get something done in, in the offseason and free agency because, if we're being honest, I'm not sure how good this Lakers team is going to be this year. Uh, maybe they can sneak in the playoffs. They're a playing team right now. Um, but, yeah, I think next year you have to go chips all in. Uh, last year, LeBron on contract. Anthony Davis is still going to be on contract after that. I think AD has two years next year, then mm-hmm. another two. Uh, with the player option. Um, so, yeah, you, you got to try to maximize the, the pair. And hopefully Rob Polinka has kind of realized that, hey, I guess it's going to be turnover next year regardless, but some of those pieces that he go away and traded away from those championship teams, even last year's team, uh, hopefully he realizes who like was really valuable to this year's team, like an Austin Reeves and a Stanley Johnson, where unless it's a really, good deal that you really feel comfortable about you try to get you got to try to keep those guys and hopefully retain Malik Monk at free agency right now the Lakers have four well three guys really under contract definitely that have guaranteed deals LeBron AD and Taylor Horton Tucker for next year Russ has a 47 million dollar player option he is almost certainly picking that up Kendrick Nunn 5.2 million yep. probably picks it up but we'll see that's it that's it. There's going this t- this roster is going to look very different next year, um, if if only just because yes. there's only five guys that actually have contracts for next year. So there's a lot of be a lot of work to be done for Rob Palenka and for the Lakers, and that's where they're going to need those assets, the picks that they've got, what they what they do have, in order to make some moves and do some things to kind of give LeBron another shot here. Hopefully he can continue playing strong uh, for the rest of this season. What does this season look like? This is very much it's not a I'll pack it in. That's it. Approach from the Lakers, or at least it shouldn't be. They don't have a draft pick. There's no reason yeah, to tank. Be. So instead, what the Lakers will do is try to be a player on the buyout market. And if they can find somebody there, maybe then it becomes worthwhile to buy out a player like a DeAndre Jordan and just take the cap hit that that would come with that. And you buy somebody out and you open up a spot to go grab somebody on the buyout market. If there's a player that wants to come to the Lakers, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but that's what you're going to do. From here on out, you're going to be monitoring the buyout market. You try to win as many games as you can. 
You try to re rehabilitate the value of Russell Westbrook to some degree. That means figuring out, still working to figure out a way to make things click with a guy like, like LeBron, with Anthony Davis. You're definitely giving minutes to your younger guys. You're giving minutes to THT. See if he can rehab that value a little bit. Austin Reeves, players like that. Try to build them up. And, uh, and you try to win as many games as you can. Get to the play-in tournament, which is most likely where the Lakers are heading. And then you've got LeBron and AD, so you've got a puncher's chance. If you get into the playoffs, you're probably drawing Golden State or the, or the Phoenix Suns in round one. That's, or Phoenix. That's going to be yeah. a tough draw. But again, you would just have to hope that LeBron and AD are enough. And if they're not, you're looking ahead to the to next season. That's the approach the Lakers have got to have for the remainder of this season. And then you you try to reload things this summer. Yeah, and, and good on the front office, I guess, for just not, you know, making an impulsive decision and going out and say, okay, crap, well, we have to do, I think you described the Trevor last night as like the fancy football rage trade where you just like, oh, man, this player uh, was terrible for me this week, so let me go trade him and everybody on my roster. No, so I guess good on the front office for not making an impulsive decision and like putting their chips in and aligning their chips nicely for next season while not necessarily giving up on this season because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis who are still playing at a high level. I think there's another thing that we have to look at here too with the Lakers. Um, and that's and that's Frank Vogel. I think at this point, it's pretty unlikely yeah. that Frank Vogel is back next year. Right? The way this season has gone, they only gave him a one-year contract extension. I would be surprised if he's back next year. So let me run this by you because I, I do think last night's game against the Blazers did change some things. Again, I, I think that as much, like I said, a lot of people thought that meant, oh my gosh, they're definitely going to do something. The trade deadline. I think it did the opposite. I thought, I think it made them say, oh my gosh, we just, we really don't have it this year. Let's look to the future. Let's look to targeting this summer to really fix this. If that's the mindset, does Frank Vogel stay throughout the, the rest of this season? Do you hang on to Frank Vogel if you know you're probably parting ways with him in the summer? What do you think? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't hate it, actually. Um, maybe see what you have in a guy like a um, – crap, his name's like on me. Phil Handy. But maybe see what you – yeah, Phil Handy. Yeah, thank you. His name blanked. Uh, maybe see what you have in Phil Handy. And then if it works, great. Maybe you can retain him for next season. If it doesn't, okay. 
Uh, I think regardless, Lakers are still going to make the play-in game, or play-in tournament at the very least. So I don't mind that, actually. Maybe seeing what you got in Phil Handy and the rest of the coaching staff, and then if you don't feel as adequate or to what you expect for your coaching staff, okay, bet. Go get somebody out. Somebody else that's uh, on the market and create in the offseason. But I will beg, I will beg at the front office to please give them a roster that makes sense for what their style of coaching is. I, I don't need to see Frank Bogle 2.0 next season. Please and thank you. <laughs> this and this is the thought that's entered my head too. What you what you just described, Sean. If the Lakers are looking at this as we're getting ready for next season here. Um, again, not, not completely. You're still trying to win as much as you can right now, but if the decision has been made that Frank Vogel is not going to stick around, which again, I think is pretty likely. And I'm not saying this is all Frank Vogel's fault. Again, I've said many times, this is not, if you are blaming any one thing, whether it's Russ, whether it's Frank Vogel, the front office, whatever, that's not accurate. It's a lot of things that have created the Lakers problems that they've had this season. But if the decision is made, and I I don't know that it is, but if the decision is made already that Frank Vogel isn't going to be back next season. Wouldn't it make sense if you're also going to be of the mindset of let's give me, and again, this is me projecting forward here. If you're of the mindset of let's give Austin Reeves as many minutes as he can get, let's give uh, as many minutes as possible to Taylor Horton Tucker. Let's see what that looks like. Malik Monk, let's keep him going, find out what he can do for us. Let's worry about not just winning this season, but also have an eye towards the future. If that's the case, wouldn't it make sense to find out whether or not Phil Handy can be a head coach in this league. Isn't this the perfect opportunity to do that and say, let's see what happens. Maybe it works out and maybe it doesn't, but are you going to make things worse? Probably. I don't think you're at risk of dropping out of the play in tournament. It's hard. I don't think you're at risk of that. So, and again, this isn't all Vogel's fault. I'm not saying you get rid of Vogel to fix everything. I'm saying maybe you give Phil Handy a shot for the remainder of the season. So you have an idea of what you've got there. And so if nothing else, mm-hmm. if nothing else, you now have more information you know at you your got. disposal heading into what's going to be a very important off season. I think it's an interesting concept that you have to consider given the Lakers situation right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think it's an interesting concept they can use. And I mean, think about it. I mean, Phil Handy, he has the respect of some of the players on the coaching staff, primarily like LeBron James and things of that nature. Um, and like, yeah, they're not going to drop out of the play-in tournament. I mean, even if they drop to 10, they're not going to drop out. I don't see the Kings, you know, they've actually, the Kings have made a, a push for the play-in tournament now. Um, I just don't see the Lakers dropping completely out of it. Um, and then, but, but the problem is, Troy, we've kind of talked about this in the past, like, could you hire if Phil Handy doesn't pan out? And I definitely think it's something that they should at least can consider. It's not going to get much worse. It shouldn't get much worse than this. I mean, I, I get I get it can because we saw what Fizz did, but shouldn't get much worse than what already is, right? It shouldn't. It should, well, you'd hope that it that it wouldn't. Um, I, a lot of people out there will say, well, why don't just go get you know the name Mike D'Antoni has popped up and stuff like that. Why would you not just go hire that guy right now? Because a lot of the guys, a lot of the seasoned coaches that are out there, if it's a you know Jeff Van Gundy, whoever it is, whoever any any of the names that are out there at the moment that aren't connected to a team, they're not going to come in for half a season and the Lakers to say, all right, for half a season we're going to give you a shot and then we're going to evaluate things in the off season. None of those guys are going to leave what they're doing right now 
to come join up with this Lakers team. So getting rid of Vogel to bring in some other name from the outside, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Unless you are sure, whoever it is, whoever it is, you are sure that's the guy you want coaching the team moving forward. And I don't think you're ready to make that decision until the off season. So to me, if you're going to do something, it's to find out what you've got in Phil Handy. Can he be a head coach at the NBA level and you give him sort of a trial run? Uh, again, maybe that maybe that's not the option the Lakers take. I just think it's something that you have to consider given what we believe is now the direction of the team based on what we saw happen here at the trade deadline with them not wanting to give up future assets in terms of draft picks and what we saw uh, happen last night against the Blazers. It seems like that may be in the mind of, of the Lakers that you're probably not going to fix it this season. So let's push ahead and giving Phil Handy a shot might be in the cards if that's the case. Yeah, and I think that actually the Lakers not trading at all on the deadline kind of helps the case of maybe you give Phil Handy a shot. Because if you went out and made a trade at the deadline, right, that quote-unquote helps him with this team, that's this year. So basically you're saying, okay, we're still committed, heavily committed. Obviously you still want to win this year as much as you can, but you're heavily committed on to make it work this year. That's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm a coach that hasn't been head coach in the league and he would only have 26-ish games left to try to make this work after you were after you were to fire Frank Vogel. So I think the fact that they didn't make a trade at the deadline could help the uh, scenario where you go give Phil Handy a shot, knowing that unless the Lakers make a miraculous comeback and make mm-hmm. a finals push and LeBron leads this team to another ring unless that happens frank vogel is more likely gone after the season so i definitely think it's not worth i think it's worth a shot to give bill handy a chance especially now they don't have any added pressure from a deadline trade i think you have to at least uh think about it for sure absolutely absolutely and you know look that this is not about you take your foot off the gas now. No, you keep pushing you do everything you can to win games right now they're a game behind the clippers right now for the eight seed you get up to the eight seed, you're talking about winning one game and being into the playoffs. Um, so you keep pushing. You do everything you can to win games right now. Yes, they've lost their last two. Yes, they've blown a ga- they blew a game against the Blazers that they never should have. They've got a different, difficult schedule. It's an uphill battle. But this is not yeah. This is not just a complete lost cause here for the Lakers either, to the way you just throw your hands up and say, oh, well. No, you keep trying to do everything you can to win games right now and find out what you got moving forward. And then... You go on from there. You see what you can do this season. Maybe you can pick up somebody on the buyout market and and then you can go and and see what you've got uh, come playoff time. Again, I think, though, there is some realization on the Lakers side of things that, number one, teams were going to try to take advantage of them at the trade deadline. And I think that's probably what happened. But number two, I think the Lakers were loath to move future assets, knowing that I think they're going to need those things this summer in order to remake this team. Because let's face it, I don't think there's any getting around it. This team has to undergo drastic changes this offseason. And I think that might involve moving on from Russell Westbrook. And if you're going to do that, you probably need assets to attach to it. Yes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, talk about the schedule thing here. You play you play Golden State oh. three times in the next 26 games, including Saturday. You still have Phoenix twice more on the schedule. You have a pair against Dallas, and Dallas has been really, really good defensively. Uh, you still haven't faced teams like Toronto. You haven't played. You have two more games against Denver. Last time they played, Trevor, that was a tra- uh, that was a nightmare. Um, like this schedule is brutal down the stretch, and um, yeah, hopefully they can get some wins here and there. I think this next stretch of games outside of Golden State, which I'm not sure they win that one, uh, is going to be crucial. Utah, the Clippers, and then the Pelicans. All nationally televised games, so oh boy. But you know, if you're the Lakers, you gotta try to get some wins there. Like that stretch of games is your best shot of wins going forward. I mean, you have the Clippers after that last Dallas game uh, too, but yeah, it's gonna be brutal. You know, we we talked about this during the season, but this is now the time of the year where dropping those games that they shouldn't have really to OKC, yes. to the, you know, these other, even last night against the Blazers, dropping these games to teams that you should have been using to stack up wins on your, on your, on your record. This is the time of year when they really come back to haunt you when you're playing the more difficult teams and you don't have those wins already on your record to kind of buffer things. It's where it really makes it difficult. So, and we said that coming in, that that was going to be the case that they had to take advantage of the opponents that were in front of them early in the season. They did not do that. And that's been just one piece to what has been a really, really rough season for the Los Angeles Lakers. But yeah, Lakers Nation, give us your thoughts in the comment section about the Lakers trade deadline. Um, are you surprised that they didn't make a move? Do you see that as a failure by the franchise? Do you think like we do that perhaps this could be setting up something for a bigger off season that maybe the front office is already looking ahead to the summer? Give us your thoughts in the comment section. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on notifications. And then if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.